ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile. And after a very successful read-a-book-recorder podcast where I released an episode every day for the month of January. I took a very short break, like two, three weeks, and now I am back. And our very first book that we're discussing is Two Hood for You by Casey Mills. Let's get into it. So we start off being introduced to Shy, who is at a doctor's appointment where she finds out she's pregnant. And she's actually 24 weeks pregnant, 22 weeks, excuse me. And this comes as a surprise to her. She's in distress because the only person she's been with was a one night stand, you know, like 22 weeks ago. And she actually has a boyfriend, but her boyfriend is in jail. And, you know, the doctor can sense that she's distressed. So she's just trying to calm her down. But Shy is just in disbelief. And her boyfriend calls her while she's sitting in the parking lot. And, you know, he's like, I've been trying to talk to you. But she's like, you know, I can't really talk. Can you call me back right now? But um, because she's just trying to process. It's just like, I really have a baby. And I'm talking to my boyfriend who's been in jail. And his name is Lo. Lo is in jail because he tried to rob a gas station. And he's been locked up now for a year and three months. And he's coming home pretty soon. And, you know, he's being treated like shit inside the jail because he's not a part of a gang. He's not really a tough guy. Also not too bright because he tried to rob a fucking gas station. But, you know, whatever. And even now, they're not even really in a good place. She's just with him out of obligation because she feels like he robbed that gas station because of her. Because at that point in their relationship, she was the one like working, making all the money. And she told him, you know, I need you to get a job. But instead of going to get a job, he go robs a gas station. I don't know how that turns into guilt for her, but she does. So this is her sticking by him while he's in there and accepting all his calls, which really makes no sense for me. And even um, him being in jail, he doesn't really want her. He just wants to hold on to her until he gets out because he knows when he gets out, he's going to need a place to stay. So, of course, he know he can go back to her because he can lay on the guilt trip and she'll accept it, which is so stupid because his family refuses to stand in his corner. I feel like as they should, because he had a job before then, but, you know, he had got laid off. So it's just like just like you found that job, you can go find another one. What would possess you to go rob 
a gas station like a fucking idiot. And, you know, in his mind, she owes him. And so in her mind, she also feels like she owes him. So it's the perfect setup for both of them, which really makes no sense. And so we're introduced to Heavy, who owns his own bar and also does like a little side hustle. But Heavy, whose real name is Horatio, he already has a baby mama. So he has one baby on the way and unknowingly has a second baby on the way. But this relationship with his baby mama is not a good one. She's been playing games the whole pregnancy, not really letting him be a part of it until she pops up and decides that she wants something or wants to mess with him. And they're talking about baby names and, um, you know, she's not really into wanting to name the baby Horatio. And then his mom calls him like, you know, do something with this little girl, which I did not like. I just want to put that out there in this book. Heavy really pushes his baby oh look I forgot to mention a girl name her name is Pashina but she goes by Posh um he pushes her off on his mom a lot like if you need anything call my mom talk to my mom and it's just like I didn't lay down and sleep with this girl to make this baby why are you pushing her off on me and that's nothing I don't see why the mom did it because I'd have flat out told him nigga no I'm not doing nothing for her. I don't have to. This is your baby. This is your baby mama. Yeah, she activating, but you made that choice when y'all decided to have this baby together. So I'm not doing nothing. But anyway, um, he tells Posh, you know, if my baby is good, then you don't have a reason to call me. Since you refuse to let me be a part of this pregnancy, until you grow up, I told you to hit my mom or my sister if you needed anything. You hate me, I hate you, so keep it pushing. And the only reason why she's calling right now is because she needs some money. And she says, I need you to come with me to help me pick a crib for your place. You're not about to have my baby in no unsafe bullshit. It's like, girl, that's not your concern. Like, what you have at your house is cool, and what I have at my house is for me to choose. That's not... And I know that sounds crazy. Like, of course, as a mother, you want to make sure your baby is good. But in this case, you can tell that's not really her um, concern. She just wants to, first of all, spend his money and then, you know, get into his place and find out what's going on at his house. And that's not her concern. And, you know, his mom, this is when his mom grabs the phone and is like, man, just bring your ass to my house and come get her so she can leave me alone. And, um, then he says, he asks his mom, you know, like, why is she at your house? Cause Posh is at his house. And she's like, um, I don't know. You tell me she been here all day. And I'm just like, what? Uh, mama heavy, you couldn't kick him out. Cause I, I mean, kick her out. Cause I definitely would have kicked her out. Like sis, no. And then, um, he asks his mom, why don't you just take her? You know what I need to have at my house. You can pick it out. And his mom says, you're right. I could have, but you keep forgetting that I didn't get her pregnant. Now come get this girl. And it's just like, yes, mama, get him together. But you should have been did that. I wouldn't even let her in my house. It's like, what do we need to talk about, Posh? Nothing. Get away from my door. 
but they let her play on the fact that she is pregnant so she get to act a damn fool and so shy is at home and she's called her best friend eve over because you know she gotta put the tea on her and Eve shows up with a bottle of Ciroc and is like, how bad is it? Because I bought this just in case. And Shy tells her, you know, I can't drink that. And so she's like, you know, what's going on? Why? And so Shy places the sonogram on the table and slides it over to Eve and is like, this is why. And at first, you know, as your friend, you're like, girl, I'm not about to play with you. I don't believe this. What, what's really going on? And so she has to break it down. Like, you remember that night when we went out talking about some hot girls in Haney and they having a hot girl night and whatever type of shit. And she says, the one that you forced me to go to is like, no, sis, we're not about to play that game. Didn't I mean, she might have convinced you to go out because I'm not gonna say force because if you really didn't want to go you could have just stayed at home and it's like you know I'm not going but um and so it clicks for Eve and she's like wait a minute that night you hooked up with heavy so that's heavy's baby and she's like no way that was four or five months ago and Shy says 22 weeks to be exact and so she's like are you gonna tell him and then that becomes the question of how. It was a one-night stand. Um, I haven't talked to him since. I don't have his number. What am I going to do? Just pop back up like, hey, pregnant, it's yours. Like, no. So she's like, what are you about? So what are you going to do then? And she says, you know, I'm not about to embarrass myself telling him that I'm pregnant. And then, you know, he basically being like, girl, if you don't get away from me, that was how long ago? That ain't my baby. Like, so instead of even the possibility of that, no, nah, I'm good. We just, we not going to do that. And Eve convinces her, you know, he's fine and you wouldn't do bad and it. And you wouldn't do bad to make something happen with him. And it's just like, girl, I don't know this man. How are you trying to push me off into a relationship with him? It's bad enough that I'm pregnant. And so then they get on the conversation of low, which Eve tells her, I know you feel guilty, but guilt is no reason to stay with a man. He ain't shit. He ain't never been shit. And he not going to be shit. And once again, here's her trope of he's in jail because of me. How? You did not force him to go into a gas station and try to rob it. That is not your fault. That's that grown man's fault, and that's his business. That's why he's in jail right now. Because if you had anything to do with it, they would have locked your ass up too. And basically, that's what Eve said. She was like, um, he's in jail for being a dumbass criminal. And she says, you know, it was to pay our bills and but did you tell him to try to rob a gas station in the middle of the day on one of the busiest streets in the city? Because it's like, even if I've expressed this before, you do what you got to do. I don't knock nobody for getting it how they live. But if you're going to be a criminal, be a smart criminal. The fact that you did shit in broad daylight and got caught immediately on a busy street, that's your fault. Ain't nobody... And she tells her, you know, you held that nigga down for two years. You never asked him for nothing while he was, quote unquote, figuring things out. And the moment you put your foot down and demand that he be a man that he promised you that he would be. So these are promises that he made to you to take care of you. 
he go do this dumb shit and go get himself locked up and you just supposed to stay by his side once again still taking care of him because she's putting money on his books and because my sister had to break it down for me you know you can talk as long as there's like money there because I don't know the whole system you know like that but she explained to me so it's just like nigga are you serious but anyway so they go back to the bar that they remember going to that night and they see the bartender that they remember and you know asking if heavy is there and you know heavy is a single man so he out living his life so she done seen this play out before of a woman just showing up asking if he's there and She's telling them, you know, if he didn't give you his number or any way to get in contact with him, then just take it for what it was and let that be that. And Eva's going to pop off, but I agree with Shy. She's like, you know what? No, she right. It's cool. Let that be that. Because it's just like, if this is what he does, then I'm not going to fight and I'm not going to argue with this girl either because she obviously know the deal. Let's just go. But Heavy's best friend is listening on the side and because she talks about the fact that she's pregnant and he calls Heavy and but before he called him, he took like a couple pics and when he calls Heavy, Heavy is getting head, but he and he's like, man, this better be important. And he's like, how about the fact that you about to be a daddy twice? Is that important? And he's like, what you talking about? He's like, man, when you're done with that, fall through and we can talk about it. And so when they meet up, Proctor tells him, you know, like she said that she was pregnant and she was there looking for you. So, yeah. And he's basically like laughing at him and heavy is catching that. So he's like, man, how you going to laugh at me? At a time like this, you know, when I'm going through what I'm going through, I got two different women pregnant. One, I used to be in a relationship in love, but now I can't stand her ass. And another one that was just supposed to be a one night stand and going on. But he remembers using condoms. Like that whole night, they used condoms. It was the morning after when they got in the shower and did it one last time. No condom. Boom. She's pregnant. So... But Proctor is laughing at him because when he had his own situation going on, that's what Heavy did to him. I'm like, man, men, men ain't shit. It's just like when they go through tough times, instead of being, I mean, they're there for one another, but they're going to make sure they get their jokes off in the process. It's like, I don't need you ridiculing me right now. Can you just be here for me? But anyway, Proctor's situation is he has kids who are, siblings and cousins so that means he got two cousins pregnant and but the two cousins hate each other so he didn't know that they were related but when they all found out it's just uh, it's messy so it's like you have you had sex with two cousins and now their children are brother and sister slash cousins and you know, like I said, Heavy gave him shit for that. So it's like, yeah, now it's my turn to laugh in your face. And so he asked him, you know, what are you going to do? And he says, if it's mine, I know how to find her. You know, that night when she was being, had Henny and being a hot girl, she kept giving him her number and uh, talking about where she lived and where she worked. So it's like, if he want to find her, he got all type of access to her, but she don't have the same for him. So 
he gonna pop up and figure it out and so while she's at work I believe yeah uh somebody keeps calling her but she keeps hitting ignore and so after like the second or third call she gets a text message from this number saying answer your damn phone so she's like you know you got the wrong number please stop calling me so he's like this shy right she's like who is this he's like you know who I am come outside so we can talk and when she gets up to go out the door her boss is like going on break again because he's mad at the fact that she's pregnant and is soon going to be taking time off because he's a lazy ass son of a bitch who expects her to do all of his work for him so now that he has to do his own he like got an attitude with everything she does now and so when she goes outside they have this awkward conversation of the fact that she's pregnant and um you know what's gonna happen from here and he's like you know is it mine is that why you came to my place and she's like your place not even knowing that that was his bar she's thinking he's just a regular hood nigga and that is kind of what makes her even more mad about the situation that she's in. In my opinion, she thought she was just pregnant by a regular dude, but heavy's about something like, you know, the way he dressed doesn't determine, you know, what he has going on. And so they're going to, um, get a paternity test so they can figure out if it's his baby or not. Even though she knows it is, he don't know that. And you can't be mad. Like I said, this is a one night stand and I ain't talked to you since. I don't know what you've been doing this whole time. So yeah, we're going to get a paternity test and figure this all out. So now that she has his number, she's like, you know, I'll call you. We'll get it set up. Boom. Bye. And she's trying to walk away. And that's another thing that's kind of like drawing him in is the fact that she's not, like, all over him. She's really, at this point, trying to avoid him. So it's just like, we ain't got nothing to talk about. Because he's like, you know, how you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? She's like, until we get that test figured out, I'm good. I really don't need anything from you. Thanks, though. Not they trying to pick me up, basically. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good. I don't, I don't need nothing. We good. And she says something about him and, and he's like him, it's a boy. And she's like, yeah. So it's a possibility that he's having two songs because Posh is also having a boy. And so, you know, they walk away from each other saying, you know, we'll get that test figured out and see you later, basically. Bye. And so when she goes back inside, then he calls his sister, who he has a very close relationship with and says, you know, I'm about to come through. I got some shit to lay on you. So just be prepared. So she's like, oh shit, let me roll up right now. And so when they hang up, she turns to the body next to her and says, that was my brother. You have to go. So her and Proctor are sneak. Well, she's sneaking around because Proctor says he's a grown ass man. And yes, that's my friend. But I'm not hiding from nobody. The fact that you want to hide, that's on you. And they used to be in a relationship together. But in the mix of him sleeping with the two cousins, he got that second cousin pregnant. 
And so they broke it off and weren't speaking, weren't talking to each other for two years until recently where they're deciding to try again. But Zoe wants to keep it on the low. Ooh, bars. Um, And she's like, you know, like they're basically they're having sex, but they're really not doing the relationship thing. And it's starting to piss him off because he's like, um, I'm a I'm a grown ass man. Like I am not hiding. So either you need to figure out what you're going to do or we just not going to um, be together. And so after he leaves a few minutes later, Happy shows up. And when he sees her, he says, I hope you didn't make that nigga leave on my account. And she's acting like she don't understand. He's like, there's only one custom matte black I ate like I just just saw leaving here, excuse me, and I know it belongs to him. So, and it's not like everybody don't know that y'all back together or back creeping together. So, I hope you ain't doing that for my benefit because I already know what's up and y'all both grown. So, what you hiding for? And so, she tries to explain but then she just stopped talking so he's like you know what it's your life you grown just know that he's gonna do what you allow him to do that's my friend but I don't have a say in what y'all got going on and I love that because it's just like when your friends and family member get together the most you can do is just mind your business just like he not putting his hands on you y'all all right as far as that goes, but all that other shit, like anytime he piss you off, make you mad, or you feel away, don't come crying to me about it. Don't tell me nothing because I'm not getting in the middle of it. And so he's like, Man, I ain't even come here for that. I got my own drama I got going on. How about I got somebody else pregnant? And at first, Zoe is just like, man, that ain't your baby. We ain't even worried about it. But Heavy is like, no, I put some respect on Shorty name. That's my kid. And it's like, even though he asked for the test, it's just like he knows that Shy ain't on no bullshit. So he's like, man, no, that's my kid. We good. And so Zoe says, you know, I want to meet her. And he's like, you will as soon as I get the test back. And um, he said, I'm going to need you to keep your mama from coming for me, though. Because he tells her don't say nothing to mama but you know he knows his his mama and his sister can't keep their mouth closed so even though he's telling her he knows gonna get back to his mama and she says i'm not getting getting in the middle of you your mother and your baby mama drama and he's like why she just gotta be my mama she had both of us and she says, I'm well aware the woman delivered me, but I'm also smart enough to stay out of your shit. She'll knock me on my ass, but you're her favorite. She lets you get away with murder. And it's, you know, the typical story, uh, mama's baby and daddy's girl. So it's just like, Heavy is their mom's favorite, while Zoe is their dad's favorite. And Proctor is going to pick up his daughter from... Which baby mama is this? Bianca. And Bianca was the first baby mama. And their relationship is not good because Bianca will not let the fact go that he slept with her cousin and also they have a baby together. And that makes her hate her cousin even more because, like I said, their relationship already wasn't good. But now it feels like 
damn bitch, you biting off me? You had to go sleep with my nigga and have a baby by him as well? Like, and one thing I don't like, I do want to bring this up, except for Shy. It seems like the women here, their only occupation is being a baby mama. And I don't like it. Because Proctor takes care of both of Bianca and what is Kia? Kia is the other cousin. Like, they don't have to work. They don't have to do anything. They just sit around being a baby mama. And, well, not, let me take that back. Because Bianca is actually a nurse. So, yeah. But more so, okay, I take that back. Because it's really like two and two. But Bianca could be set up if she wanted to. But um, because her and Proctor, like, bump heads so much, he don't really pay for her like he do for Kia, it seems. And that's another thing. It's like when they get attitudes, they basically take away their money. So they hold that over the women's head as well. But when you got Bianca, who's a nurse, so I know she getting paid good money. And Shy is a person, an uh, independent woman. So she ain't looking for money anyway. But anyway, um, like Bianca's just saying some off the wall shit. And it's really just, you know, typical baby daddy, baby mom behavior. And uh what is this proctor tells her you know i want you to find a new man so you can leave me the hell alone because she keeps hinting at the fact like i'm gonna get a boo what you gonna do you jealous i might have somebody over here he's like no i want you to actually get somebody so you can leave me the hell alone which hurts her feelings because she knows that he actually means it because i think they were also just like a sexual relationship that Bianca felt like it was something more but Proctor continues to tell her it's never what you thought it was it wasn't given what you said it was given and also she knows that Proctor and her cousin have a better relationship but it's like sis if you would chill out and just be the baby mama and take care of his daughter there really wouldn't be a problem between y'all but every time you see him you basically bugging out is his point of view so you know and she says if I'm in a relationship then he'll be handling Lay how you because the daughter's name is Leia how you think that's gonna work and Proctor lets her know real quick being around her is one thing and you know as long as he's treating her good that's all fine and dandy but another man disciplining my daughter yeah okay let's see how that works out for you and whatever nigga you decide to go get And he tells her, you know, play with your life if you want to. I bet Kia doesn't have the same rules. And it's just like, girl, that's all you seem to be worried about. You worried about who he fucking and what he doing with your cousin or how your cousin is being treated by him. It's like if you had a different mindset and was actually a grown woman, you wouldn't have to worry about these type of things or in a better headspace because you are grown. But if you were in a better headspace, your thoughts would not be consumed of your cousin, especially somebody you claim to dislike or hate so much if I say that I hate you or if I don't like you you are the last thing on my mind you're not gonna consume my every thoughts if anything I'm gonna try to put as much distance between me and you as possible and that's been made very clear with the two 
quote unquote friendships that I've had to distance myself from. I have not seen those two people ever since we stopped talking and we live in the exact same city, but they never pop up where I'm at. I never see them. And it's, it's just like a, and it's not that I hate them or dislike them. Let me just say this. If the vibe is off and we not like that, that's it. You'll never hear me talking about you again. You'll never, like, I'm not looking for you. None of that. And so anyway, um, while he's dropping Leia off to his mom, Zoe calls him. And, you know, they just have a conversation of him coming to her place tonight. And she tells him, you know, I miss you. You miss me, but you were just throwing me out your house a few days ago. And she says, you know why? No, actually, I don't. I'm tired of you and your bipolar emotions. You can hide me from your brother. And, well, he tells her, you know, you're not just going to use me for some dick and think then you're going to hide me from your brother. I'm a grown-ass man. And she tells him he already knows we're together anyway. We talked about it, and he said it's not his business. So then what's the problem, though? If we're just fucking, let me know, and I'll move how I want to. I forgot to mention, he told the baby to put on her headphones, so she's not hearing none of this conversation. And... She then tries to flip it and says, oh, so if I need some time to figure some things out, then you want to be with other women? And he said, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that if this isn't moving towards anything serious, then I'm going to make some adjustments. Excuse me. And Zoe, you can't try to flip that off on him because it's like, sis, if you don't know what you want, then why is he trying to be faithful to somebody that he doesn't need to be faithful to? And even then, I don't know if I mentioned it, when he got Kia pregnant, technically they were not together. So he did not cheat on her. I think it just hurt her feelings, the fact that he was having yet another baby with somebody that wasn't her. And so she used that as an excuse to not talk to him and hold it against him. But um, if y'all were broken up and were not together, then... I'm sorry, sweetheart. Like, you you don't own the right to be mad at that. And um, so he tells her, you know, we're either working towards a relationship and being together for real or we're not. And she says, I am. We are. All right, then. So act like it. So what is your need and time, need and space? Either you in it or you ain't. I'm not pussyfooting around with you no more. So what's it going to be? And... She tells him, you know, what a fine, whatever. I got to get back to work. And she's a physical therapist for athletes, which he has a problem with. He doesn't like her working around so many men, which is such bullshit and massaging. But I'm not even going to get into that. Whatever. Um. So after she gets off the phone with him. Somebody comes up behind her saying, damn, you look good. And so she turns to a man who mere existence has her emotions all over the place. And his name is Chris. He's a famous baseball player. And she slept with him a few months ago. And she is now pregnant. And he knows that she's pregnant because he paid to get her medical records. And um, he's like, you know, I know that's my baby. 
and, you know, I want my baby, you're going to keep it, or I'm going to see, you know, basically like, I want you and I want my baby, but she's like, you know, I'm not pregnant, I don't know what you're talking about, and, um, you know, like, leave me alone, he's like, okay, I'll leave you alone, but the baby that you're carrying, I want it, and she's like, what are you talking about? And that's when he tells her, you know, like, I got all that information and don't think about doing anything stupid because I'm always around even when I'm not here. And it's just like, nigga sound like a stalker for real. So Heavy is starting to get frustrated because Shy is playing the same games that Posh is playing. Like, he can't get an answer out of her. He doesn't know anything about the baby. And she's just trying to duck and dodge him until he has to pull up on her. Like, okay. He pulls up to her job again and he finds out where she lives and pulls up to her house. Like, okay, why are you playing this game? I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with my baby. You know, like we ain't even got to interact like that. Just let me know about my child. And so also he finds out that they are a month and like a week or two apart. Posh is due November 3rd and Shy is due December 20th. And so they once again have the conversation of names and well, his conversation with Posh, she's not even thinking of naming the baby a junior. She don't want nothing involving both of their names. She don't like Horatio and she don't like her name Pashina. I don't know how she would have incorporate, incorporated that into a boy's name anyway, but she just flat out said no. And that kind of pissed him off because even though he doesn't like his name, it's the fact that she wouldn't even consider it. And so when he later talks to Shy, she's the exact opposite. And they have a vibe going on. He's liking her. Um, and she says, you know, maybe we can name the baby a junior, you know, just let me know. We can talk about names, write some down and talk about it later. And so then they get into why do people call him heavy? And of course there's a dick joke somewhere in there, whatever. And he says, you know why they call me heavy? She says, I don't believe you. And I know that's why that's not the reason why everyone is calling you heavy. For the women, maybe. But ain't no men just walking around calling you heavy for that reason. But anyway, he used to get into fights all the time when he was a kid. And, you know, he was knocking niggas out left and right with one hit. Because his... What am I trying to say? They call like, heavy-handed. That's the reason why. If I can quit stumbling over my words. And so while they're out eating together, her phone keeps going off and Heavy already knows about her dude in jail and says, answer the phone so we can finish our conversation. And she's like, what? You know, trying to play it off. He's like, I'm sure that nigga ain't got nothing to do, but um, worry you. So just talk to him so we can be done. So she answers the phone. And she's quickly trying to get low off the phone. He's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm at dinner with a friend and I don't want to be rude. So he's like, 
a friend with a dick. It's like, what does it matter? If I told you I'm at dinner and I can't really talk, I'm so sorry this is the time that you called, but I gotta go. Like, and that's only because she don't really like him. Because I feel like if your boo, who you were really in love with, was in jail, you would be like, put this on pause, gotta step outside, gotta talk to my boo. Um, And so she hangs up on him and gets back into the conversation with Heavy. And Heavy is like, you know, what did he do? What happened? And when she tells him, he says, who the fuck still robs gas stations? I'm like, right? Because you're not looking for no real money robbing a gas station. Like, not to say they don't make money, but not the type of money you would rob somebody for. Like, I'm not robbing nobody for no small amount of cash. If anything, we doing a real set it off. Like, we hitting them banks. Anyway, and so he says, you know, you need to tell him that it's over and basically he not even important so we ain't even gotta talk about it and she's like why because i'm with you and he says no we ain't together yet though but give it some time and you ain't even gonna be thinking about that nigga no more and lo is supposed to be getting out in like a month or so but she really just throws him to the back of her mind and so they're going to have the paternity test and everything goes as it should, whatever, whatever. And then they get on the conversation of Zoe and Proctor tells him, you know, I didn't keep it from you. I just didn't feel the need to run to tell and tell you either. Like me and Zoe are both grown and we'll figure out our own shit. Like, you said you was going to stay out of it. So there's no reason to include you every step of the way. And unfortunately what happened last time, like everybody knew about it and their mom still don't like prior, uh, prior Lord Proctor, because you know, that last time, Zoe was really depressed and really sad. And, you know, of course, parents are going to want to protect their children. And, um, Proctor says, yeah, it's not really your mom I'm stressing, though. And I don't like that. Because it's like men always do that. Like, I ain't really worried about the woman. But now your daddy. Like, why? Nigga, I can kill you just like my husband can. Quit fucking playing with me. Um, And Heavy told him, you know, no, Pops is cool. He said, if he steps to you, then two days later, Zoe would be right back with you. And, you know, would have forgotten the whole thing. It would have been pointless, which is true, which is another reason to not get involved in people's relationships because, yeah, they're crying and sad and just expressing their emotions right then and there. But a few days later, they could be right back with this person and you don't got your blood pressure all high and upset on their behalf. And they don't even feel that way no more. That's why I, I don't get into people's business. And so anyway... Um, he goes to see Kia and Kia, who is supposed to be the cool baby mama, she really not, but I guess he just likes her more than B because as soon as he sees her, he's like, um, I mean, she asked him, you know, you talked to B, I ran into her, ran into her the other night at the club and she was on that shit trying to front on me talking about I stole you and all that type of shit. And it's just like. Kia, if you're the one that don't care and you're supposed to be so cool and relaxed, why would you even bring this up? 
you just should have let him in and said, hey, yeah, your son back there, whoop-de-whoop, whatever, there you go. Really ain't got to have no conversation other than, hey, how you doing? Boom, keep it moving. Because it seems like she, as much as Bianca brings her up, she brings Bianca up too. But they swear she the cool one. I don't like neither one of these hoes, but I didn't like how it was portrayed as Kia was the cool one. You know, she didn't have a problem. She accepted as what it is. But not only do she bring up Bianca, but anytime they get into a fight, she's engaging with Bianca. It ain't like a one-sided beef. Kia be doing bullshit too. And... I don't get it. And uh, Heavy brings that up like later in a conversation. Well, no, they were on the phone. I thought she was, uh, he was at her house. They were on the phone. And when he hangs up, Heavy's looking at him like, you good? And he says, yeah, Bianca worried about the word wrong things. And Heavy is like, but Key is not though. Basically saying what I said. I'm like, you know, yeah, y'all sound cozy on the phone and I'm not getting into your shit, but don't play me about my sister and that's another thing too because I'm just like if you're not calling me about my kid what are you calling me for I don't know I don't know anyway um and so after Shy's doctor appointment Heavy takes her to his mom house basically just deciding that he's going to introduce her to his parents which I can understand because it's like there's no easy way to break this type of news so let's just go ahead and get it out the way but when they pull up Posh is pulling up as well and so this is Shai's well basically both of them finding out about each other at the same time and Shai is very upset about this you know um excuse me and when he gets to his parents door his oh you know what I messed it up my bad first they get to his parents door and when his mom opens the door his mom starts hitting him and says what the hell is wrong with you boy you just keep sticking that little dick of yours unprotected in all these women and now you not only have one baby on the way but you have two and that's how shy found out and so she turns around heading back to his car And, you know, she's very upset about this. Like, no, fuck you. Let me go. I'm leaving. You already got somebody else pregnant. But it's just like, shy, baby. How do you feel away? You don't really know nothing about him. And even though y'all been having conversations, it's like, it's a conversation about trying to figure out how this baby is his or not. He really don't owe you the explanation of saying, oh, I might have another baby on the way. Because in all actuality, what does that have to do with you? nothing unless your son or y'all child together is going to be around this child and even then it don't even really matter because when you're splitting custody what one parent does is really none of your concern unless it's harmful in some way and then you have to have evidence of it being harmful so then you can go through the proper channels and get your child away from said parent so it's just like really anything a parent does with the child when it's not in your care or your time with the child is really none of your business. And so then that's when Posh shows up and she starts basically trying to throw her weight around of her being the first baby mama being special in some type of way and it's just like really girl 
don't nobody care about you. Go away. So Chris is still harassing Zoe and threatening her. And she hasn't said anything to anybody, which I don't understand why. Because having the type of family that you have, I would have been said something like the daddy used to be in the streets, uh, Heavy and Proctor. Although they don't move drugs, they move guns. So they got a little bit of power. And, you know, they thugs for real on the low while having legitimate businesses at the same time. Because Proctor has like a trucking company or something like that. So, you know, like they legit what they shit on the side. But anyway, she don't say anything. And the reason she doesn't say anything to Proctor is because basically she's a hypocrite. It happened the thing like the one time that she had sex with Chris, because he's almost making it seem like they were together on the low, but literally she had sex with him that one time, never had sex with him again, didn't lead him on nothing. But he's acting like a stalker ex boyfriend. But if she tells Proctor that she's pregnant with another man's baby, then she knows that that's the end of them for real. And she doesn't want that to happen. And also another part of this being misogyny is it's not the same when a woman does it. Like he can go out and have two separate kids with two different women while they were broken up and she can be okay with, she has to be okay with that. But her having another man's baby is not the same because then he would have to be around that kid all the time. She doesn't really have to be around his two children, which is not true, which she has accepted both of his children and she loves them. You know, she takes care of them, but on the opposite, he can't handle. I hate men. Like I honestly hate men and I don't like women who also subscribe to this way of thinking because I don't know the author personally, but it's like the way she writes is as if he's in the right of thinking this way. And like, this is how it should be like, Oh, men are going to cheat or men are going to do quote unquote men things. But when women try to do the same thing, it's not right. And she should basically be ashamed of herself, which I don't agree with. But anyway, um, Shy has been avoiding heavy, not answering his calls, texts, nothing until like maybe two weeks later, then she goes to see him at his bar. And that same bartender from before, you know, is much more nicer than she was the last time and she tells her you know oh he's in the back you can uh go on back and this uh shocks shy because she's like oh I got it like that and Sunny is her name she lets her know yeah boss told us that you get special privileges around here so go on back so when she goes back there she hears some stuff that she ain't got no business hearing because he in a meeting um but she gasps like a white woman. And so, of course, they hear her out there and he comes out and is like, you know, what are you even doing here? And she says, you know, I need well, we need to talk. I called and texted, but you didn't answer. So I came by and it's like, excuse me, you've been calling and texting you for two whole weeks and you ain't answered. 
But just because you call once and text once and don't get a reply, you decide to pop up. And so he sends the person he was doing business with out, you know, like basically get out. And she's like, do you sell drugs? And he's like, no, nah, I don't sell drugs. And she's like, so what was that conversation about? Um, and he says, you know, that was a private conversation that you had no business listening to. And it's none of your business. So what's up? What you doing here? And he's, he asked her, why are you pulling up on me like you holding rights to do so? And she says, you didn't return any of my calls. So you do that shit and it's cool. I do it and it's a problem. I was giving you space. I damn near called you over a hundred times over the weekend and you ignore that shit. I'm not very patient with most people's immaturity, but you are carrying my son. So I felt it was necessary to extend you the courtesy. Now, if you're ready to have an adult conversation, have a seat. And the only thing that stuck out to her was the word immaturity. But it's like, you are being immature though. If he's calling you, you know, trying to check on you and check on the baby and you don't answer, you don't say nothing. And then you turn around and call him one time, send like one text and you don't hear nothing. Now you just popping up. Yeah, that's immature. You don't get hypocrites, hypocrites. Anyway. And she says, you're having two babies a month apart and you neglect to tell me yet my decisions are classified as immature. Yes, because once again, that is not your business. The only business that you have is what's going on between you and him. Any outside information, that's that has nothing to do with you. But anyway, um, he says, you know, I'm more than willing to discuss things to figure out a way to make it work. You ignoring my calls and texts while camping out somewhere. I couldn't find you. What's fucked up and immature? Oh, yeah, because that's another thing. She wasn't at home. She stayed at Eve's house, you know, and turned off her phone and basically, you know, hid over the weekend. So it's like, yeah, you're not only hiding, you're not talking to me. How do you not see that as immature? Because if somebody did it to you, that those will probably be the first words out of your mouth. Um, and he says, you know, no, she tells him, I'm going to go, I will answer your calls and texts when it's about the baby and I will make sure you know everything that's going on. But this is crazy. I barely know you and you're talking to me like you're crazy and demanding things like you're the one that's holding rights. And so she's trying to get up and leave again, basically being immature. Cause like anytime he tells her a little bit about herself, she's, running out the door it's like no sit down and take some of this truth you're proving that you're immature because you won't have an adult conversation but you know he wraps her arm around her and brings her back into him and says you know why do you keep running away when things don't go your way and so you know they're getting closer and you know he just brings her in and he starts kissing on her and basically because you know like they're feeling each other for real. That's basically what it is. She's trying to hide the fact that she really likes him and the fact that she does really like him. And then to find out that they have a baby, uh, well, he has another baby on the way. It hurt her feelings. So anyway, he tells her that she's too stressed and that he's going to help her relax, which equals out the bang, bang, bang. But they get it. Well, the start of bang, bang, bang. They get interrupted by a knock on the door with Sonny coming in to tell him that there's a guy named Maxwell out there waiting for him. 
And, you know, he's so wrapped up and shy, he forgot that he got business going on. So he sends her home and says, you know, I'll be over later to help you out with that. And so as he's walking her out to her car, Paul pulls up and says, you know, I've been calling you all day. I hope this bitch ain't the reason why you haven't been answering. And Shia like, excuse me, bitch. And it's like, yeah, bitch. And, um, you know, damn, I always get ahead of myself. Posh wasn't even at his parents' house that time. This is the first time that they're meeting. And this is when Shy realizes that this is his first baby mama. And, you know, he t- she tells him, you know, I'm going to let you go um, and let you handle all of this and I'm going to leave. And because Posh couldn't tell that Shy was even pregnant at this point. And so she tells her, you know, I don't give a damn if you fucking her, but what you want to do is not answer my calls knowing that it could be an emergency. This baby is a priority. And um, then she tells Shy, yeah, bitch, leave. He's on our time right now. You can have what's left when I'm through. Ain't that right, baby daddy? And Heavy shuts her down real quick. Like, there ain't a damn thing between us but that baby. So you can cut this performance out real quick. And, um, you know, Shy pulls away from him and goes and leaves. And when she leaves, he turns to Posh like, man, what the fuck is your problem? Like, you don't already know what my problem is. Who the hell is that? I guess you call yourself with that simple bitch since you're trying to check me in front of her. You know better. Here you go on all this expensive shit, but you still sweating her. And that's the saddest part. It's like Posh, she never grew up either. So I guess he got a thing for immature women. Because their backstory was they've been together since they were teenagers. But as they got older, Heavy grew up. He wanted other things. It's like he wasn't going to be in the streets all his life. He's like, you know, I got plans. But Posh just want to be Queen B of the streets and be popular or hated on by hood rat bitches, I guess. And he saw that. And she cheated on him, and that's what really broke them off. So it's like he could handle her immature ways and basically let her keep fighting, but as soon as she cheated, that's when he left. And so, um, and her thing is she just wants expensive things to flash in front of other people. And so, like he said, you know, you up here and all this expensive shit, looking cute, looking good, you got my baby coming, so, you know, you set on money. But yeah, you still sweating somebody who looks beautiful and just simple where ain't even really said two words to you. But you calling her a bitch, you calling her simple, like, yeah, you real pressed. So anyway, and she tries to play it off and says, no one's sweating her but you. If anything, she's sweating me. Regardless, she will never come before me. This is my guarantee. And she rubs her stomach. And it's like, that's where you're wrong. Because as soon as that baby is actually out of you, you no longer come first. And that's why I hate certain women. Like when they get pregnant, they milk that shit. And that's exactly what Posh does. And she tells him, I don't want your stupid ass, but I can make sure nobody wants you either. Don't play with me. So basically she plans on making his life a living hell unless he does what she says, which with men like this, 
it never goes that way. So I don't even know why she would think it is. Also, can I say a trope that I have a problem with in books like these is the women always claim to know what type of nigga they messing with. But they always do dumb shit, though. I never understood that. It's like, I know that nigga's crazy. I've watched him kill people. I've watched him dismember people. But then you still play with your life and do some dumb shit that you know is going to piss them off. But I guess because you think you're you, it couldn't happen to you? Does that make sense? Anyway, whatever. So he steps up to her. And says, oh, so you don't want me? And, you know, her breathing changed. And you could tell, like, girl, you wet right now. Cut it out. And so he basically reads her the riot act. And it's like, girl, you took one look at her and you got jealous as shit. And you still call yourself trying to have control over me, but it ain't going to happen. So take your ass home. And if you need anything about the baby shower, hit my mom or my sister up, which I've already told y'all I had a problem with. And, um... You know, unless it's about money or something about the baby, leave me alone. Bye. And this hurts her feelings for some reason. And quote unquote, up until this point, she wasn't interested in anything but the benefits that came with being connected to Heavy. And if that was the case, then why can't you sit down and play your part? Not knowing that you're really cutting yourself off because you don't know how to sit the fuck down. And let it um be done. And for some reason, Posh calls Zoe knowing that Zoe can't stand her. And Zoe tells her, you can at least pretend to be cordial. Why? If I don't like you, I'm going to make it known that I don't like you. Why would I? Anyway. And Zoe tells her, why would I pretend with you? And Posh tells her, because I've never done anything to you. But bitch, you gave my brother 17 stitches on his back when you cut him while he was trying to do the right thing and walk away from you after he caught you in his house, FaceTiming another nigga. And how about we talk about how you had that same nigga riding around in the car that my brother bought for you? Or how about we talk about how you tried to get my brother sent to prison by calling the cops on him and telling them that he had drugs and guns at 404 just because he cut you off. His place was shut down for hours while he was cuffed in the back of a police car only for them to find out a goddamn thing. So tell me again, Posh, why would I pretend to be cordial or act like I like you, bitch? Like, I don't understand why ain't nobody not Kosh, Kosh, Posh is fucking koofy off her head. I don't understand. Because at one point, that bitch wasn't pregnant. And I know that some of this shit happened before then. Anyway, so she says, you act like he's so innocent. Every action had has a reaction. If I cheated, it's because he cheated. If I acted out of character, it's because he pushed him to it. He pushed me to it. And it's like, okay, nobody's saying that he's innocent. But bitch, you cut him. You had an, you was talking to another nigga in his house. If you at least gonna cheat, be smart about it. And then two, you got this same nigga riding around in a car, but you claim to only be with Heavy for the benefits. 
or, you know, being associated with him. So you know that everybody knows who this nigga is. So why would you be riding around like people not going to report back to him that he saw your ass in a car with somebody else? And then you called the police, like, snitching? Bitch, you snitching? And the fact that everybody knows that you snitching? I'm still trying to understand, how is Posh still alive? Please tell me. I got my blood pressure up. I can't believe it. So anyway, um, after she gets off the phone with her, she calls Heavy, but Heavy doesn't respond. So she sends him a text like, you know, call me ASAP. Your crazy ass baby mama is making threats about keeping the baby from us. And this is, I've said it before, I've said it, I've said it again. All of this would be evidence. I would be making sure I keep track of all phone calls, all text messages, receipts of everything that I bought, and we would be going to court and I would be getting custody. I'm like, I'm not having you don't want to let me see the baby. You don't want to let me know nothing. All right. As soon as you have uh, give birth, have birth. As soon as you give birth, we going straight to court. I'm not playing with you no more. Because it's like, yeah, you doing heavy, you doing shady business on the side, but don't nobody know nothing. So if all your shit is legit and you popping, there's no reason why you couldn't go to court instead of playing these fuck, but then we wouldn't have a book. But I'm just saying, like, in real life, people go through this in real life, too. It's like, there's no reason why you should be able to get your shit in order and make sure you have your kid and not play none of these games with her because it's exhausting at this point. Um, so anyway, Zoe gets a call from Chris who once again like puts her in a bad mood and she's sitting out in her car outside of Proctor's house and you know she's she has her eyes closed and her hand is on her stomach so then there's a knock on the window which is Proctor standing there looking at her like you know why are you sitting out here holding your stomach what's going on and she says she's just tired and hungry and he pulls out a bag saying, you know, that's why I picked the food on the way. I got you. And although they are together or acting like nothing's wrong, Proctor is watching her. And he notices that something is off with Zoe. And he's trying to figure out what it is. And so, but he doesn't say anything. You know, he basically just lets it be and says, you know, he's just going to continue to watch and see what happens later. And while they're having sex, or after they have sex, it's like they notice the shift in each other. And so it just becomes really awkward. And because she can feel him pulling away. And he, like I said, he notices the change in her. So it's just like, you know, what the fuck is going on? Heavy pops up to Shay's house after the club incident to basically explain his past relationship with Posh and how they got to where they are now. And, you know, basically all of what I just said over the conversation with Zoe, how she cheated, he cheated, he wanted to grow, she's still stuck on being a hood queen, queen be the hood, whatever, whatever. And... You know, they're vibing and how 
because Shia said something about them just being stuck together to raise a kid and he says no that's not all this is we're more than that or we're working towards being more than that so you know this is just something I got to deal with and you know unfortunately so anyway they have sex and they're growing closer together now at her job her boss tells her I'm starting to think that you don't value your job. There are 10 other people who would love to have it if that's the case. And so she says, excuse me, I'm sure you heard me. What I heard sounded like a threat. And I'm simply requesting clarity. You, you're repeatedly showing up late and leaving early, which leads me to believe that this position might not be what's best for you right now. It requires a level of commitment that you simply don't have. And I'm sure it's only going to get worse. Not to mention the inconvenience of me having to find a replacement while you're wasting the city's money on maternity leave. I think maybe that replacement won't be temporary. And it's like, sir, you literally just threatened her. That's a whole threat. And I'm just like, see, as soon as he would have stepped in the office, because she was already checking her phone um, from a text from Heavy, I would have been hitting record because all of what you said would have been on file and I would have took it to HR. And she tells him, the time that I miss around here is covered by benefits, my benefits, as shitty as they may be. Regardless of the fact that you don't want me to use them, they come with the job. As for your supposedly picking up my slack, what I'm sure you mean is you're going to have to actually start doing your job. I'm not supposed to be the one approving or qualifying the files that come across my desk. That's your job. But because the work somehow keeps ending up in my office, I'm the one who gets it done. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not stupid. Fire me if you want. Hell, you can even replace me. But trust when I say that I will sue the shit out of you and this office for unlawful termination. I might not like this fuck-ass job, but it pays the bills. And if I leave, it's because I choose to. Not because you think that you can fire me just because I don't kiss your ass. And so... Of course, because he got put in his place, the only thing he can say is, who the hell do you think you're talking to? Motherfucker, I'm talking to you. Didn't you just come in my uh, office popping shit? I'm talking to you. And so, then we hear a voice behind them saying, who the fuck you raising your voice at? I know for sure it's not her. So once again, Heavy has just popped up into this goddamn office. This is like his third time here. So the only thing her boss can say is, you're not supposed to be here. And your disrespectful ass is not supposed to be raising your voice. And, you know, of course, he's like, who are you? Heavy tells him, even if you don't personally know me, you know I'm somebody you're not supposed to be fucking with. So yelling at her is yelling at me. So I suggest you find some sense or I'll help you find it. And trust me, you don't want me to do that. So Shia is trying to get him out. Like, come on now, it's still my job. I know I was just talking shit, but you can't come in here helping me talk shit. I'm be fine for real. And Heavy tells him, you need to apologize. I'm not apologizing to anyone, especially not her. And it's like, what? This is what this happened. This is happening at my job right now. Like there is someone. He's not technically a manager, but he's like a lead person, 
and he lets it be known when he doesn't like somebody. And I'm trying to understand as a lead person, how was that possible? Because if you make it known that you don't like somebody and you're not treating them fairly, you should have been fighting. You know what? I'm going to be quiet. Because I just don't understand how people can still keep... I said I was going to be quiet. I'm going to shut up. Um, and Heavy literally taps his index finger against John's forehead and says, you're a dumbass, but I got something for that. So he walks out, you know, like the cubicles. He walks out into one and walks up to a particular woman and pulls out $500 and puts it on her desk and says, let me see your phone. And she's like, excuse me? He says, unlock your phone and hand it to me and you can keep this $500. And so she does it and gives him her phone. And as he's going through it, he looks at her and says, what fake name do you have him saved under? And he says, never mind, I found it. So he begins to read out loud the text messages between this woman Cheyenne and the boss John and it's really nasty and graphic I'm not gonna read it um but basically you know she be playing in his booty and he likes it and even the simple fact is that he's cheating on his wife so you know he says I'm sure your wife won't appreciate you doing what you're doing and right in the parking lot. So it's just like, uh, now you can apologize to her or you can apologize to your wife. So saying he can apologize to Shy or he'll be explaining to his wife. So he gives a real, you know, clenched teeth, I'm sorry. And it's like, no, you can do better than that. And you better hurry up if I change my mind and tell your wife anyway. So he gets some act right and says, I apologize for raising my voice. It won't happen again. It's like, you damn right you don't. Uh, it won't happen again. So when they get in the car, Shy asks, you know, how did you know about them? And one day when they were supposed to have dinner and she ran, he saw them out in the parking lot together. And so, you know, she's saying... After all that, I might have to quit my job anyway. And he tells her, you know, if you want to quit, then quit. If you want to work, that's cool. But you don't necessarily have to work there. You don't really have to work at all because I can find you a better job, but you don't have to work. Like, basically let her know, like, I'll take care of you. But Shia's like, "Eh, not doing that. I will not be a kept woman. So I don't know what you're going to do, but that ain't going to be it. So, and he's like, you know, what is, what does that mean? I'm just offering you a better situation, you know? So if you don't want to work, you don't have to. And she says, so what, you'll be paying all my bills and I'll be controlled by you? No, thank you. I'll figure it out. I always do. And he tells her, I'm not sure what you're used to dealing with, but you need to re-evaluate your ideas of what a man is if you plan to deal with me you know, having women, having sex, that's plentiful in my world. And that's not a threat. It's just facts. Don't confuse my kindness or my ability to accept responsibility for anything other than what it is, which is me being a grown ass man who handles his business. So like I said, you can either work or not, but just know that you're going to be good regardless. 
And so she tells him a little bit of her backstory, which is her mom doesn't work. Her mom never has worked. And her dad is the city manager, Chancellor Chandler Abrams. And so he's like, okay, what is that supposed to mean? And she says, my dad is the reason why I don't want you or anybody else taking care of me. Her dad has wanted to be mayor. He still does. And her mom's whole life is catering to him to help him reach that goal. And when she was a kid, she just used to watch her mom running around trying to be the perfect wife. And her dad is an asshole. You know, he's not abusive, but he's not nice either. He's he's well what should I say he's not physically abusive um but it seems like he's emotionally and verbally abusive and everything was always and it's nothing like she's talking in past tense as if this is not still their life like everything is always about him everything that the mom wants to do he shuts down saying that it'll get in the way of what he's trying to do and It was never about them. It was never about them as a family, more so about him and his image and his political career of what he wanted. And so her mom is miserable. He controls all the money, which means that he controls her, which is not a good thing. Um, And she says, I've seen what that looks like and I don't want to be her. She loves him, but she resents him too. The crazy thing is I can't really blame him Because she put herself in that position. So if you understand that, then why can't you take that knowledge and use it towards your advantage in some way? You don't have to end up just like your mother. You can be better. Um, And Happy tells her, you know, not all families are dysfunctional and not all men use money as control. His mom is, Mama Heavy is a defense attorney or was a defense attorney. And you know, his dad gave her the choice of keeping her job or focus on the family. And, you know, she handled a few cases for their dad and that's it. Then she became a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, like he provides for them or provided for them, you know, as they were growing up. And he saw what a loving household was And he says, you know, my pops isn't running or controlling a damn thing about Beverly Wright. And that, you know, that's his mom's name, which is true. It's just like, okay, yeah, their dad makes all the money, but look at my mom and look at how she acts. It's like, unfortunately, your mom, which I know that's not what he was saying to her, but how I took it, like, I'm sorry that your mom is weak and, you know, staying with your dad because he controls all the money or provides all the money. But my dad also provides all the money and you see ain't a damn thing weak about my mama. Basically saying, you know, like, that's your parents, that's their situation, but it's not ours. And for some reason, she decides to bring Posh up and says, you pay all her bills too? And it's just like, why wouldn't I? Which is basically the um, conversation that he tells her, you know, like, basically, this is really the lifestyle that she's used to, because when we were together, I was taking care of her then, and I'm taking care of her now, and she's also having my baby, so yes, I'm making sure that she's taken care of, um, and he says, you know, the same way that you 
and this baby is my responsibility, so is Posh and that baby, which I don't really agree with. It's like, you can take care of the job without taking care of the mama, because you're like, bitch, you can go get a job too, but you know, that's not really my business, so I'm be quiet. Um, and so, a few days later, Mama Heavy and Shy are out shopping under the guise of it being Beverly's money until she lets her know, you know, this is the only way my son can get you to spend his money is if I say that I'm doing it and we go shopping together, which at first hurts Shy's feelings because it makes her feel as if mama heavy really don't want to be there with her it's just like heavy paid her to do it which I can understand which does hurt because it's like if I don't have a relationship with my mom and first you extend the courtesy of when we first met after you apologize for blurting out that information saying you know I want to be there for you and they talk on the phone and we go shopping together then while we're shopping you make me realize that all this time it was under the guise of your son, like, telling you to do it, I'm gonna feel like, damn, so she don't like me for real, but anyway, when they get back to Mama Heavy's house, this is when Posh pops up, just all on her own, and she sees, like, all the baby stuff, and she finally notices Shy's belly, and says, isn't this some shit? That better not be Heavy's baby. Is that, why, is that why he's defending this basic asshole? She lying on him about a baby? And it's like, girl. Anyway, let's continue. First of all, watch how you address people around me. This is my house and my property. And I'm pretty sure that I didn't invite you. And so, of course, seeing how Beverly talked to her and the fact that she's willingly spending time with Shy does something to Posh and hurts her feelings, but it's like, how, oops, excuse me, how are your feelings hurt if you don't care about none of them, which is what I don't get, because in this book, all Posh seems to say is she don't care about his family, she don't care about heavy, like, all she really cares is the money and the status, and she don't care if nobody like her, whatever, whatever. But anytime she's around or sees how they treat her, her feelings are hurt. How, which one is it? Either you care or you don't. But anyway, and her only thing is she had the advantage of being the baby mama. But now that she sees that he might have another baby mama, that means she's no longer important as important as she thought she was, but it's like, sis, you were the only one thinking that you were that important, nobody else thought that, um, and so Mama Heavy tells her, you know, that's none of your business, if my son feels the need to have that conversation with you, then he will, and she tells Shy, you know, call me when you get home, so I know you made it safely, and then she, Posh turns to Miss Beverly and says, really, You've been shopping with this bitch, and I can't even get you to return a phone call? And it's like, girl, you don't care about these people, remember? Why do you care about what she's doing with somebody else? And she also says, wow, after all these years, you're choosing sides like that? Do you even know this bitch? How are you sure that that's your son's baby? 
And it's like, sis, but you was cheating too at one time. How do we know that your baby is Heavy's baby? But Beverly just tells her to go home. And if you have questions, ask Horatio. And it's like, uh, but Mama Heavy, you should have been doing that. Like, I wouldn't have put myself in the middle of nothing. I'm not going shopping. When, as sweet as Shy is, and how it's great, and how she want to check on her and make sure everything is good, I wouldn't have been close to neither one of these heifers. When my grandbaby get here, that's when you called me, because then that's when my duty step in. But until then, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. About none of that shit. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. About none of these bitches. I don't care. And so, anyway, Posh uses this as an opportunity to break down fake crying and holding her stomach, which Mama Heavy rushes to her side and says, you know, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Is the child okay? And it's just like, really, Mama Heavy? You don't realize that she faking? Wow. Okay. And she is really put on the show. I can't. I can't. It it hurts. I need to go inside and sit down for a minute. I'm sorry, but I. No, don't be sorry. Come on. I'll call heavy just in case we need to get you to the doctor. Maybe I'm heartless. But as soon as she would have said, I need to sit down for a minute. We closer to your car. You can sit in your car. As a matter of fact, give me the keys. I'll drive you to the hospital. And, you know, you can call your mom and she can meet you at the hospital. But there's no way you're coming in my house. Especially after this little performance. <sighs> anyway, whatever. And so, Shaw was already leaving. But as she's walking past, she's, like, gloating. And, you know, basically saying to herself, like, checkmate. Like, what are you checkmating? You don't get anything. <sighs> I hate bird brain bitches. Um... And so, Mama Heavy done called Heavy and told him, you know, to come over and rush over. So, he's like, did she say what was wrong with her? And she's like, no, but she back there laying down saying that she needs you here right away. And it's like, once again, Mama Heavy, I don't get you, Miss Lady. It's like, she's saying she having cramps, and you say, let's go to the emergency room, and she says, no, I just really want heavy here. How do you not see bullshit through that? It's like, if something could really be wrong with you, seeing my son's face is not going to magically make that pain go away. And if it is, then you're not really cramping, you just bullshit, which I could see right here. Um, But anyway... He's like, okay. And then asks if they got everything handled with the nursery. And Mama Heavy says, yes, but you need to find a way to make her have peace with your spending. She feels like I'm plotting against her with you. But it's like, but you are. Like, okay. And he says, you are. And you shady as fuck too, Mom. Like, trying to basically laugh it off. So... He goes back into the guest room where Posh is and, you know, just looking at her laying there and she looks kind of sweet. And this makes him torn most days because he wants them to be in a good place. But Posh, like basically that's the only answer. So he says, you know, what's going on? You scared the shit out of my mom and had both of us worried. 
I don't know. I just felt pain, like really bad, and I got scared. So why would you not go to the hospital then? And he says, you know, okay, so let's go. Let's go get you checked out. And she says, no, can you just take me home and stay with me for a while? I'm sure I did too much today and need to rest. That's all this is. So why would you not then let his mama take you home then if that's all you needed? And girl, no, I'm not finna sit with you. We not like that. And we not gonna be like that only when you decide. <sighs> and he tells her, he's like, because he, he see the bullshit. He's like, nah, then you can just stay here until you feel better. My mom won't mind. And then she says, you know, your parents don't like me, especially your mother. So if you knew that, then why would you plot to stay your ass in her house, in her guest bed? You laying in her guest bed right now. And um, then she says, you can't cancel a few things to make sure your son is good. I bet the other hoe doesn't have to beg you for time. That you should be more than willing to offer up being that this is your fault. And. You know, the fact that she brought up Shy just further confirms that ain't shit wrong with her. So he says, you know, what do you want? What do you really want? Like, you want me to have sex with you a couple times a week, then swing swing by your place just to kick it? You want me to hit you up with phone calls and texts just to let you know I was thinking about you and how I miss you? This has to be all about you because you ain't hurt for anything. I make sure you living good and I will continue to do so just because of my son. What else do you want? Tell me how to make this shit work with us so I'm not up at night feeling like a deadbeat dad because that's exactly how I feel thanks to you. And once again, did you ask that other? It's like all you can like it's basically like Proctor and Heavy. I'm reading the same story, but twice because they're going through the same thing. And it's just like, why do you continue to ask me about somebody else or bring somebody else up? This is a situation that you created. And now that I'm playing by your rules, you're unhappy about it. Like, what do you want me to do? I don't know what you want me to do. And he tells her, you know, what the fuck did you do when you had all of me, Posh? When I was really all in and all about you, what happened? You pissed it all away for some other nigga that didn't even acknowledge you when I stepped to that motherfucker. I ain't perfect. Never have been, but I was good to you. And she says, until I wasn't good enough for you anymore. You're right. You weren't good enough for me anymore. Not because you didn't have it in you, but because you didn't give a fuck. Your ass was in the club drinking, getting high, and fighting bitches that you didn't even have to compete with. So it's just like, fam... You were so busy out here trying to be the queen of the streets that you didn't care that I was working my way up out of them. You were more content wilding the fuck out and acting like the same ghetto mess that I met at 22 years old. You knew who I was when you met me. True. And I'll give her that because that is a true statement. You knew who I was when we met that is true I will give her that but in the midst of us being in a relationship and I let you know that I no longer want this it's my right and my choice to then step away you can't make me uh feel guilty for leaving you where you at that's all you want to do cool but I no longer want to do that so I'm gonna get the fuck out of here bam and you know he says you're right I did and I thought we could grow together I needed more. And instead of you stepping up, 
you got with the next nigga in my bed, letting that nigga ride around in the car that I bought you and expected me to be okay with it. I guess I was just supposed to be like, okay, cool. Do you? And she says, I tried. Tried what? And he says, no, you didn't. And so because they're now yelling back and forth, here comes his mom yelling out his name. And it's just like, what you yelling at me for? I'm not finna hit her, but I can talk to her how I want to. And we're having an argument right now. So get back. And, but he tells her, you know, we aren't ever going to be what we were. Stop trying to complicate things. Let's just raise our son. The only way we can do this is if you accept what you are versus what you used to be. And it can't be no other way. And so then he looks at his mom and tells his mom, make sure she's good before she leaves. I'll hit you up later. And it's like, no, get this girl the fuck out my house, Horatio. I'm like, why do I have to keep dealing with your baby mama? I don't understand. Um, so where are we? So he goes to see... So, and you know, they're just having a conversation of him mentioning everything that's going on with him and how basically he really wants shy. Like shy is where he wants to be and who he wants to be with. And basically Zoe, like ain't nothing between them, but the baby. So later on, he's talking to Proctor and Proctor lets him know that He's going to ask Zoe to marry him. You know, he done picked out a ring and he just wanted to run it by him first. Like, you know, you my man, so I'm going to let you know. And Heavy is like, marriage? You sure you ready for that? When you cross that line with sis, there are no outs. It's going to be bloody and blood. <laughs> it's like, nigga, this ain't no gang, but basically it is. But anyway, um, so later on, Zoe calls him, telling him, you know, I'm on my way. I'm just going to go by my house, get some clothes, and I'll be there. Because she's been staying at Proctor's house because Chris has been threatening her. And the only place she feels safe is at Proctor's house. And I'm like, I'm still trying to understand why she hasn't said anything to anybody. And so he offers to meet her there saying, you know, he can grab a few of his things and just come over to her place. And she says, no, I want to come to your house. And while they're talking, there's a a knock on her window, which is Chris. So she rushes off the phone with him, with Proctor, to talk to Chris. And he tells her, you know, you obviously think I'm playing with you, but that shit ends right now. And... What he wants is to force her to admit to Proctor that she's carrying his baby, which will be the ultimate payback. But it's like payback for what, nigga? Y'all were not together, no matter how you think y'all were. And so he tells her, you know, I'll be out of town on a press run for the next two weeks. When I get back, he better know. And that's my final warning. And... You know, her main concern is before long, everybody's going to know that she's a hypocrite and Proctor's going to leave her. And how could she punish him for hurting her like that? Then turn around and do the exact same thing. And it's like, unless you did that shit on purpose, that's literally just how life works. 
Okay, guys, I forgot how long this book was now that I'm going over my notes. So I'm going to stop this right here. And hopefully I'll see you guys back in the next episode where we continue on with the next part. Because this is actually two books put into one. I forgot that she did that. They used to be two separate books, but she literally put them together. And, like, we're not even halfway through the book. I'm looking at the book right now, and it still says 38%. So it's just like, there's a lot more book to cover. And so, like I said, I hope to see you back next week where we continue on with the story. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.